Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie, which means my man Patrick plays songs for a particular soundtrack and based on those songs that are played, Harge and I are supposed to guide the clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Wow. I, I have... Like, I, I really don't think I have any idea. The text I got it from this. I'm going to throw out random ones. I'm going to go The from Doors. <laughs> oh, no, not The Doors. This, this, honestly enough, the guy who's singing this is Kenny Rogers. Man. This can't be six-pack. No, no. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. The Big Lebowski. There you go. Oh! There you go. That was on the list. Yeah, I was like, no. Tomorrow's 420, so I Ooh. thought let's go with the Stoner uh, movie. Nice. Oh, yeah. All okay. right. It looked like yeah. a couple people got it. I just yeah. when I, I started thinking about movies that I kind of heard this song in. That's why I threw out the doors. I want to say the, in the door, that movie, the doors. Like this song is somewhere randomly in it too. The one with Val Kilmer in there. Yeah, it might be in there. But I, I, don't, I can say it's in a lot of movies actually. I'm sure of it because yeah. this song is old and this very is song, I mean, this is early Kenny Rogers. That's amazing. That's this is when he was in the first edition. Was a band he was in, so, and then before he went solo. So you're telling me Kenny Rogers has a lot more range as an artist than we give him credit you know, for. You think he's just the gambler? The g- <laughs> no. This no, man, this man never, has had some trips. I never knew this was Kenny Rogers at all. That's yeah. Why, yeah, it started. I started thinking hippie stuff, like uh, yeah. trippy hippie stuff. This is when the dude gets uh, drugged. Yes. Oh, Big yeah. Lebowski. Well done. Well done. Great film. Big time fan of, of the Big Lebowski. And yes, tomorrow. Being 420, yep. a uh, unofficial national holiday in America. Probably will be. Are a, we working? Uh, y- yeah. <laughs> oh, you can work. You just got to, uh, in, in a certain work mindset. Your, work with, at your own pace. With an altered state of mind, <laughs> potentially. Uh, all right. We'll get to uh, some more of Midweek Movie Music. Great job by Patrick, as always. Uh, because, yeah, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a softball, though, by the way. No. It was not a softball. Do they even have any softballs on I, it? Not really. Because yeah. they're all kind of, if you remember the scene they are. Yeah. But that one was, you're like, look, I want to put you in the right frame of mind of what movie this is. Good point. No, it did. It, it did do that. Because after the first one and, and you gave me a little time to think about it, I was like, oh, I do know another movie that this song was in. Yep. There you go. Well done. Good job. Okay. Let's get to some uh, draft day discussion here. Spec Sex on wide open, by the way. Spec Sex on always ahead of us. So uh, a lot of them got the big Lebowski. We appreciate you guys. 512. 512- Three three seven three seven seven six. Let's get to some uh, draft day discussion. Let's start with Bijan Robinson. He is considered by a lot of people, not just us here in the burnt orange bubble, to be the wild card of this draft. Uh, he could end up going. I've seen him mocked to at least six different teams. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not. Ju- I'm talking about by the the Todd McShays and the Mel Kuypers and you know the Matt Millers and Daniel Jeremiah. I'm talking no. about by the the top uh, draft uh, minds and draft analysts in this business. They've all mocked him different places, and I think latest uh, Patrick said Atlanta seems to be one that's gaining a lot of steam lately. Yep. But we've seen the Cowboys, we've seen the Eagles. See the the Bills been one of those teams that's thrown out there. I want to say I've even seen the Chargers. Chargers one are team definitely that's one of out the teams there. as Just, well. So, and by the way, he works with any of those teams. Absolutely. <laughs> he, works now, he works with any team. He works with any team. Yes. He, does. he works with any team. Whoever drafts him, winning. So Yes, amen. <laughs> to quote Charlie Sheen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, winning. Winning. No, but to, to, to piggyback on that, Todd McShay was on with Dan Patrick, I believe it was. And it's a, it's a lengthy cut. but Because baseball, first of all, Todd McShay gives his take on Bijan, yep. which is kind of trending toward to being a, a, a top 10 pick for a lot, of, a lot of folks out there. Remember, we just read to you yesterday Peter King's column, Football yep. Morning America. Yep. He's got— Finally the, got on the board. He finally got on the yep. Bijan bandwagon and said Philadelphia Eagles at 10. Do it. Yeah. He said you, it would ba- basically make the most unstoppable offense in the NFL, is what he said. So he's, we want them to do it at 10. Cowboys fans, I know y'all don't want that. So no. listen to Dan Patrick give a little nugget from one of his sources about Bijan. And then Todd McShay is going to make Cowboys fans want to take their shirts off. Mark Henry. Uh, instead, yeah, I would say take something else off. But Mark Henry warned me. Uh, down at Beaver Boulevard, that I should uh, I should be a little bit more careful. Yeah, about what you say. But my words. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> taking your shirt off is a lot more PG thirteen and taking other things off. So Cowboys fans, when you hear what Todd McShay says, you're gonna want to take your shirt off. Uh, here is uh, Dan Patrick uh, with Todd McShay on uh, earlier this week. I have a friend who's a scout who's been a great resource, and I always say to him, you know, give me somebody that we should be keeping an eye on. And he's been pretty good at giving me that guy in the, in the first round. But I said, what do you think about Bijan Robinson at Texas? He said, I would love to see him as a Debo Samuel type of player where I can use that running back, that talent, yep. but also I can keep him in the system and not overuse him as a running back and maybe have this hybrid here. So I don't know if the, it feels like we're, we're gun shy with running backs, but his he's his grade on Bijan Robinson is through the roof. He said, "I love yeah. the, I love the kid. He's got great hands. I would love to see him as a, a Christian McCaffrey type. And McCaffrey could probably yeah. play, you know, a slot receiver. But I wonder your thoughts on Robinson and the running back position. Bijan can play slot receiver, and if you studied his tape at all, and I've, I've got clip after clip of him in the slot running, not running, but you know." underneath routes, but getting down the seam, catching in traffic, catching the ball over his head, contested situations. He can do all that. When I talked to uh, Coach Sarkeesian before the TCU game this this year, he said, listen, we're trying to limit his touches. We're not trying to wear him out. But the catches he makes in practice, like you'd be shocked. I know there's good game tape, but the things we see in practice are are out of control. So I could see him in more of a, a hybrid role. But I'll say this, I haven't I've got him as the number two ranked player in this class behind Bryce Young. I haven't talked to a team, and I'm talking probably close to a dozen teams, that, that have him outside of the top five. Everyone has him in the top five in terms of their grades. Now, where does he fall? That's, yeah. that's the fascinating part. I mean, Philadelphia doesn't take a running back in, in the top ten. They, they love taking offensive and defensive linemen. But that's the first spot where you can look and say, that might make some sense. I think he's just as talented, maybe a little bit more unique than Saquon Barkley. And Saquon was the number two overall pick. But you see the 
you know, the beating and the injuries that Saquon had, and, and you just wonder, is it worth it? So it may get down to like 18 to Detroit, 21 to the Chargers with Austin Eckler having issues there. Yeah. And I, I still hold this out. Dallas is obsessed with getting a running back that can be, be, be their guy, be a compliment to Tony Pollard like they had with Zeke when Zeke was, you know, more closer to his prime. Mike McCarthy was dying for a big power back like that, wants to run the football. They want to be a run-based team, and they would love to bring the Texas star into Dallas and make him the star of their offense. So Dallas is sitting at 26. It wouldn't shock me if they made a splash, jumped up into the teens ahead of teams like Detroit and and the Chargers and went and get, got Bijan maybe around like 14, 15, 16. Ooh-wee! You think he's going to be around that long with all this momentum that everybody has for him? Maybe not, because I yeah. remember I said initially, I said somebody's going to trade for Bijan. If they trade yep. down or if they trade up, it's going to be a team trading for him. I think it's all be, up now. He's going to be coveted. I think it's all uh, up now. It could be up, but it could be a team trading down. <clears throat> like, you know what? We won't Bijan. We, we don't want him this high. Maybe we can trade down, get a couple of more picks, and still get him in the top 12. A team that's drafting there. Maybe it's a little bit early. Because now teams have him trending. Uh, I saw Todd McShay. He was on ESPN with Mel Kiper. They're doing uh, like a basically a, a draft uh, exercise where each of them is drafting. Right? right. So just they do two rounds and each of them uh, is drafting a player each round. And Todd McShay with the tenth overall pick, he picked Bijan. Yeah. To go to Philly. I mean. That's not where I want him to go. No, that's what. No, I agree. That's not where you want him to go. I agree. But if I'm Philadelphia and I look at the my board and I say, "What else do I need?" He is what you need. I'm taking him. I don't care what the what the trade is going to be. I don't care what the moment's going to be. If I if he's at number ten for me, I'm taking him. Uh, and Bijan, uh, by the way, Stephen Jones was on 105 through the fan with the KNC masterpiece in Dallas, and he was asked about Bijan because there's a lot of Bijan to the Cowboys talk. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "Quote: Bijan's just had a great career at Texas. I don't think I've seen a set of circumstances where he's not a first round pick in almost any draft. So hats off to him. I'm sure when that first day is over, he's certainly gonna have a team, and you never know because they asked him whether the Cowboys." could be that team uh i'll say this too i i I saw and i'll give my man jeff house some credit based on what todd mcshay just said because Todd mcshay says basically uh or at least the dan patrick uh report and then todd mcshay kind of backed it up was that he could basically play a slot receiver if you will almost an alvin kamara role or a christian mccaffrey role he can be that like he's he's that dynamic as a receiver todd mcshay said in practice he just makes unbelievable catch in practice remember B. John Robinson, he took a bit of offense when Sark said that J.T. Sanders had the best hands on the team. Right. He talked, he, he talked about that yeah. with yeah. us. He's like, nah, man, actually, I got the best damn hands on I the team. I think I have the best hands <laughs> on this team. And I know I, think, I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll give my man Jeff Howe some credit. He talked about this on Longhorn Blitz when Bijan Robinson was first recruited to Texas. He said, honestly, I think he could play H, that H receiver role they had Devin Duvernay in, they recruited Jake Smith for, and they recruited Jay Witt for. He said he could play that role. He's that good of a receiver because he runs great routes, but also he's got he's got really, really dependable hands. And now you're just seeing an NFL uh 
draft analyst, Todd McShay, say the same thing. And then basically Dan Patrick saying his source, which is an NFL executive and a scout, saying, oh, yeah, I'd like to see him more in the role of not a traditional running back as a guy that's used progressively in the modern passing game. And I said yesterday, if you compare him to like a, a, a modern smartphone, that's what you want in a running back. You want a smart back. Uh, mm-hmm. The difference between a, a smartphone and a cell phone is you got, <clears throat> you got internet capabilities, you got app capabilities, you can go online on your smartphone. If you want to just call somebody and, and send a text, you could do that with a cell phone and do it relatively cheap. By the way, most providers out there, they don't even charge you for calling somebody or call you for a text. They charge you for data because yep. data is what matters. And the same thing with running backs. What matters now if you're a running back, what is valued because the position itself has been devalued, but what you value within the skill set of a running back is their smart capability, their ability to be weaponized in the passing game. Can they do that? We know they can run. That's your basic responsibility and requirement as a running back to be a runner of the football, but can he run a route? Can he catch? Can I send him on a route beyond five yards of the line of scrimmage? Can he run a route vertically downfield? Everybody now who's watching a film of Bijan, and by the way, we could all argue that Sark, and love me some Sark, uh, but sometimes Coach Steven, I should say, would <laughs> underutilize Bijan in the passing game. Think of TCU, only zero, zero goose egg targets yeah. in that TCU game. So to me, he's a smart back, and that's what you pay for. You pay for a smartphone. Nobody has a cell phone except for Jerry Jones. He's got a flip phone. Yeah, but he only do that. Smart cause, man. Yeah, because you can't hack a flip phone. There it is. Can't hack a flip phone. You can have hack a lawyer a tell me the first yeah. thing I'm going for is your phone. Yeah, you, you know can hack, why? Yeah, you can, yeah. Because you can't get into a flip phone. Can't get into a flip phone. No. Nope. Yeah, the data everywhere. But anyway, that's besides the point of the analogy that I'm trying to make. Either way, there's a reason. That's what you pay for these days. That's what's valuable is the data and the smart capability of your phone. He's a smart back. You're not just a running back. So just don't even call him that. Think of him as one of those next level backs. That's why he's the exception to the rule. He's the exception to the rule. Like I said, I compare him to, to my wife. I told my wife, I don't believe in marriage. I believe in you. So let's do this damn thing. I don't believe in drafting running backs in the first round. But with Bijan, I believe in him. Well, yeah, and I'll do it. We've seen his stock kind of this whole progression <laughs> go into a guy whose stock is raising a lot, which is <laughs> You hear good things about him, and then you start to hear really good things, and then you start to get more intel, and more teams start going, and I think the competition is going to go. And for me right now, looking at it, I think a lot of it's going to play into how the quarterbacks go Hmm. in that situation to see when people start going, when these teams start wanting to trade out and go, well, well, there's not quarterbacks left. All four went. And so if the Texans take a quarterback, if uh, Colts take a quarterback, if Seahawks take a quarterback, yeah. So your top four are off the board in the first five picks. I think Bijan could go number seven. The Raiders could trade out at number seven and basically go, the Falcons are taking him at eight. If you want him, come get him. And I think that's where the Raiders could just go, look, we're not getting a quarterback. It's the only guy we really wanted this high. Let's trade back a little bit and you know get some other picks for it because we need some more help. Mm-hmm. I could see seven being, if the quarterbacks go, the quarterbacks don't go, Raiders take a quarterback, now it goes to the Falcons at eight, and the Falcons decide if they want to take him or not. But if there's still another quarterback at eight, the Falcons may take a quarterback. Could. So they're, they're not going to take a quarterback. They already said that they won't. But they but that's it is the But if Anthony it is, if, if Anthony Richardson's there, yeah, they the may value they may because decide, they, they don't yeah. think he's going to be there at eight. Yeah. And so if he is, they may say, Well, he fits into our, to Rhodes uh plan, the coaching as well, that he may be able to run that. So I think that makes the decision harder. If the quarterbacks go in the first five picks, I think there's a possibility that the Raiders trade back right there. I don't disagree. Well, here, here's the biggest thing for me when it comes to B. John Robinson, and I've talked about this numerous times. 
I know that everybody wants to talk about the value and what the, the, the most value is versus this type of player. Running backs are devalued. But here's the deal. He's not what you think he is. He's, he's better than that. And if you're going to keep him for five years, why not go out on a limb and say, all right, I want to go after this guy. He's going to be my bail cow. Mm-hmm. And use the running back the way they're supposed to be used. I, I remember when uh, – I know I, I really hurt myself when I get Uh-oh. ready to say this Uh-oh. name. Urban Meyer <laughs> wanted to move Travis Etienne to the wide mm-hmm. receiver position. Yes, remember in the I very beginning. Yeah. But that was because mm-hmm. he saw something in him oh, yeah. that you were talking about when Jeff Howe thought mm-hmm. of B. John Robinson. They thought mm-hmm. he can be in that slot receiver, get the ball to him, move him around. Percy Harvin style. It, Percy Harvin style mm-hmm. like he had at Florida. Yeah. So he visualized this mm-hmm. player but it's a different level of the game, and he nobody liked him, so nobody bought into it. And Travis Etienne ended up getting hurt prior to that, so yeah. before it could even get going. Well, Bijan Robinson talked about his great hands, talked about who he is as a person. He's the face of your organization day one. I don't care who you have. You look at his track record. You've interviewed him. You spent time with him. You understand who he is. And you're looking at him like, man, if we're only going to have him for five years, Hmm. let's get him going because he is that type of guy. I don't see why people are continuing. And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about the entire NFL. I'm not talking about Pat. I'm talking about everybody when they look at this guy and they say he's a running back. He's more than that. He is more than that. He's probably Mm. the most dynamic Mm. player. And for Todd McShay to go out there and say, I have him at number two on my board, what are you waiting on? Why are are you fighting it? Because you're you're not going to get him in that second contract anyway. You sh- I, I wouldn't you shouldn't. want him. You shouldn't, you shouldn't want, want him at that second that's, contract. That's why I think the team that gets him, they should be a contender. Right, immediately. Because I think, I think if, so you're, too. if you're not a contender, I think you're going to waste Bijan. And for you, it'll be a wasted pick. Not a wasted pick. In, in turn, you're going to devalue him as an asset with you because – I think you said you got four or five years to kind of maximize yep. him as a player because I don't want to sign a running back to a big time contract because it is my belief. Here's the thing: if Bijan's gonna be a if he's gonna be an average running back, then you it's gonna be a bad pick, right? If he right. ends up being just an average running back, then it was a bad pick. We're yep. expecting him to be exceptional. I said I believe when Bijan gets into the NFL, he's gonna be the best running back in the league. His first year, uh, especially depending yeah. on who he goes to. If he goes to the right the, yeah. team, he's going to be the best running back in the league. I know that sounds crazy. That sounds hyperbolic. It's I looked not. at pro, fo- pro football focus. This is for you fantasy nerds out there, which is most of y'all. They have their fantasy football dynasty rankings. Player, they, they rank their players going into the 2023 season. They got B. John Robinson number two right. behind Justin yeah. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. They got him as the run, the best running back. And they don't know where he's going yet. They don't even know where he's going. They're like, no, no, no. When this guy, whoever he goes to, one of those eight teams that won him, He's going to be the best running back in the league when he mm-hmm. hits the league. And, and I'll, Day I'll, one. And I'll throw this in there, too. As we get into the week before the draft, which tomorrow is starts, we're a week out tomorrow, right? The mm-hmm. owners will be more and more involved. And for an owner, a guy like Bijan is more appealing than a guy like Will Anderson or Tyree or like that because I can't sell all those jerseys. Like, I'll sell jerseys, <laughs> but I can sell a lot more with Bijan. And I can put him on all my commercials, and I can put him in all my things, and I can, that can be – Part of our face of our franchise, year one, Bijan Robinson. We'll put him on boat. So I'm saying, Bijan Mustard. Mustard. He's got, got a guy. <laughs> he's he's got already got coming in walking around with a mascot, <laughs> exactly. and it's like we can have him on billboards. We can have all that. So if we can't get that quarterback, or if we've already had a quarterback and we got to sell somebody new, he becomes somebody that we can put in that spotlight 
unlike some defensive players or offensive linemen, are there good, solid picks at that point? He's somebody that an owner may go, hey, man, if it's between these two guys, take that guy. No, and I'm paying your checks. I totally agree with you about the marketability thing. Obviously, that's not the main fact, but it's a data point that can man. push owners over the top because they're about making money. They're about yep. selling jerseys. They're face about making something program. marketable. And you just said that, too, about the face because he is – I don't want to call him squeaky clean, but he is every – Public relations, every uh, you know, sports agent's mm-hmm. dream and fantasy. Because he, mm-hmm. he has got it all together. He's a great human being. Loves to volunteer. Loves charity and loves working and loves working hard, working yep. out and football. Those are kind of his things. And here in Austin, we got to see it firsthand. So he's great in that regard. And I'll just throw this out. This is something. This is how getting to Patrick's point about the marketability of Bijan. Just just think about this, Longhorn fans, and you guys know it to be true. Have you have you ever seen a haircut like Bijan's before Bijan? <laughs> now I'm sure somebody out there yeah. had a haircut like Bijan Roger before Bijan. All right, but Bijan color exactly. I'm sure yeah. it was out there. Yeah, well, but Bijan has kind of now he's kind of brought back that hairstyle or popularized it again. I have no idea. Somebody needs to ask him where he got the inspiration for the hairstyle. And I want to know who does the hairstyle for him because it's always done. It's I think always. My boy, I think it's Trey. It, I think it's Trey at the at the at UT. Yeah, whoever does yeah. it, it's always done pretty good. And yeah. I have witnessed just in my time in Austin now, you know, since Bijan's been here, I've witnessed other people now, commoners, just regular citizens. Sporting Commoners. the Bijan hairstyle. Just Gen Pop. Yeah. Now, Bijan can wear the hairstyle because he's Bijan. He's Bijan Robinson, all right? He, lo- he looks like a guy, and he's as good uh, of a player as you'll see anywhere in the country. And with somebody with that kind of, you know, gravitas, somebody uh, of that ilk, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can have that kind of hairstyle. If Bijan was not a good player, we would mock that hairstyle. We'd be like, you know what? You know why you're not a great player? Your hairstyle is part of it. <laughs> Even Quinn Ewers. Yep. Quinn Ewers had the mullet working. What did he do after a bad season? He cut off that damn mullet. He's and you know what? I guarantee you, one of the recommendations by Sark was, you know what? Let's lose the mullet. You don't need the mullet. Did they say it to Bijan? Hell no. Nah. He went to that meeting like, Bijan, love the hair, brother. It's fantastic. This is one of the best hairstyles I've ever seen. Why? So, and, and, and now that hairstyle. It's recognizable. Even when they do the Bijan Musterson, part of like the little silhouette thing they have there is the mm-hmm. hairstyle. The mascot. That's a the big mascot. thing. Yeah. The mascot <laughs> is like, oh, when he's walking around, he's got the big head, but the hair's bigger than the head. head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hair's bigger than the yeah. head. Oh, yeah. Someone said that dude from Living Color. Y'all know yeah. Bijan ain't know that dude from Living Color. I'm just saying, Somebody did. I want to know where Bijan got the inspiration for the hairstyle because it's very unique. And like I said, we've only seen it once or twice out there. It's not. <laughs> not a, and and Bijan comes out the cult of personality. We know that's where right. it got That's there. exactly And the guy from Living Color, listen, he didn't popularize it. He didn't start seeing it a lot after that. You go, oh man, it took over. Remember the Gumby hairstyle? Remember the hairstyles in hip hop, like the flat top? That would be, yes, they would be popularized by hip hop. That's right, I had hair, folks. (laughs) Yeah, and they would wear the hairstyles. Now people are being inspired to wear the Bijan hairstyle, which is a lot of work, by the way. That's months of work Mm -hmm. to get the Bijan hair. Most of y'all can't even get it right. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's strange. I've seen like four people, like different places, going to brunch. (laughs) <laughs> like just go, going out just with going the Bijan right cut at H-E-B with the Bijan cut and the dude's walking off the Bijan I'm like dude you're a regular jabroni <laughs> and with the Bijan go, mustard aisles over there guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious I, I know, maybe maybe it's just a hairstyle that's become more and more famous as of late but I, have you seen it lately Harge outside no, the living color no, guy no 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 
with anybody other than Bijan? I don't. I don't know. No. No, I do not. And you I don't, do not see that on the regular basis at all. It's becoming more of a thing. Yeah. And it's because of Bijan to practice point. I like that. He's marketable, man. People take He's off the helmet and they go. Definitely marketable. Man, look at that hairstyle. That's that's, kind of, and that's when that you look at that. Is if you're in a room in a draft room on draft night and there is a split room of what they should do. And the man who signs everybody's check knows one of them because he's on the news every single day and he's mm-hmm. he's out there. And the other guy is just a good player. Yeah. They may sway it, may sway it. Oh, and that's a good point. Uh, the texture says, best smile since the late, great Cedric Benson. He, yeah. he does have a fantastic he have, smile. He does have he's a great a, smile. His smile is money in the yep. bank. Yep. Uh, okay, there you go. Bijan conversation there. I want to get to this Trey Lance story. Um, but we'll we'll table we'll, the, we'll table the Trey Lance conversation because I think this could involve the Texans. There's talk now. That if Trey Lance is on the trading block, because of all the San Francisco connections in H-Town, that they, as well as the Titans also, because there's a San Fran connection, they, they hired a GM from the San Fran front office, that basically Trey Lance may be on his way to the AFC South, potentially. And what are your thoughts if Trey Lance is the, is the pick for the Texans uh, franchise quarterback of the future, and they use these picks this year to just draft best talent available? Hard is shaking his head. I, I got he laughed is. at for saying this like a week ago. See? Well, no, no. You've been on the bandwagon for saying they're, they're not going to draft a quarterback yet, too. Going you, that's another no, option. I believe you. He's been saying it, he he it for long have the draft, but there's – people believing in this Trey Lance deal with a guy that's only played nine games in the last three years. They've seen more – did hey, they throw Ryan's they, – They've seen more of and them. They know Sorkin the type see, of person he is. Yeah, more, I'm they not, see more again, hard. none of these things I say the Texans are going to do are things I would do. Right. No, I'm I just saying it. these are it. realistic things that might happen because the Texans do what they do. It's, it's gaining steam. I've not heard any, like, I don't know, insider break that, but it's – it's, it's one of those things that makes sense. It yep. tracks. It, it tracks. It, especially going back to your, your, your original conspiracy theory that they're not drafting a quarterback in number two. And it, honestly, that, has, that right now seems to be 50 50 that they're not going QB at two. That's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. That seems to be more of the common belief that, nah, they may or may not do it. They may or no. may not. So we'll talk about that coming up. What you got in Hard Knock Life? I got Sam Kahn from The Athletic coming on oh, to talk a little nice. bit about Texas. We're going to ask him about Bijan. Ask him if he's seen a haircut like that. <laughs> but we're going to get to the meat of what he saw this past weekend at the Orange-White game and see if we're all on the same page. I like that. All right, talking yep. Texas football right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nothing horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the midweek movie theme edition of Ball Don't Lie. And our movie theme of the week was Big Lebowski. My man Rob Babers got it in the nick of time before we got a chance to look at the Specs text line. <laughs> so my man Rob Babers was the winner today on midweek movie uh, theme what I win? today. What I win? You, you win a chance to uh, continue <laughs> the hype. <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter at HardballHard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. So hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cat Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that I've known for the last couple years. He's done a great job when he was passed with ESPN. He was also with the Houston Chronicle. Now he's the senior writer 
for uh, The Athletic covering college football, obviously, and recruiting in the state of Texas. He is Sam Khan Jr. You can follow him at SK Han Jr. on Twitter. Sam, what's going on, my brother? Not much. How are you guys? We're good. Great, we are brother. good, Thanks man. For joining us. We're very excited to have you on because you've been doing this for quite some time. I, you're also a University of Houston alum, so we're going to probably talk about that, too, <laughs> about your Cougars coming into the Big 12. But let's talk about what you've seen uh, on the 40 acres here over the last couple years. When Sark first got here, everybody was all excited. Then we had that tough season the first year then we saw improvement the second year and now he's in year three and he's talking about uh i see my guys out there i see the way this team walks and talks this is my team now so what was your impressions number one when sark got here but now looking at year three in the spring game yeah obviously the the first season was pretty rough and i think they hit depth in 2021 that even I didn't think they were going to hit, you know, having the six-game losing streak and everything. But one thing that I remember was that very first uh, fall training camp that he had in 2021, I remember looking at that roster compared to some other SEC rosters that I had seen, and, and the roster just didn't look like I thought a Texas roster should look. It just The size, the speed, just the overall talent, it just didn't look like it was there. Uh, that that first year, and now two years later, after spending a lot of time building this roster and looking at, both at the recruiting that they've done, especially in the trenches, the the work they've done in the transfer portal, which has been pretty strategic and smart in my opinion. I look at this team now, and boy, they look a lot different. <laughs> they look bigger, they look stronger, they look faster, and they look a lot deeper as a team. And and after that spring game on on Saturday, closing out spring practice, it, it, it just to me, it's amazing the transformation that they've had from a roster standpoint. And I think they've done a good job of assembling the talent and the depth. And you've, you've heard Sark say it after the spring game on Saturday that he felt they're too deep at every position, three deep at some others, that they don't really need to add a lot. I'm sure they'll add another player or two in the portal. But they have come a long way in the last couple of years, and I think it all sets up for a really exciting season potentially uh, on the 40 acres in 2023. Hey, Sam, what do you think uh, the Longhorns are deepest uh, going into this uh, 2023 season? There is a lot of depth across the board, but what do you think their their strength is in terms of that depth? Well, I think quarterback number one. <laughs> you know, you, you got <laughs> Quinn, obviously, who played really well, and I, I like what you saw from Malik Murphy. Uh, we've been waiting for that. And then, obviously, Arch, you know, he didn't have the best spring game, but, but he's a freshman, and He's a he's a tremendous talent. So so I think you like what you have there. I really like what they have at receiver. Adding AD Mitchell was huge. Uh, getting Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore in the recruiting class super helpful. And they still have Isaiah Nair uh, in that room as well. So I really do like uh, what they have at receiver. Obviously, bringing back all those offensive line uh, offensive linemen is very helpful. Uh, so I think they're doing pretty pretty well there. Uh, so overall, I think uh, th- those are the spots that probably stand out to me the most. I think even the defensive interior, they just added uh, a-, a guy in the portal uh, from Minnesota. A Trill. I think that's probably, yeah, uh, Trill Carter, I think yeah. his name is. Uh, that, 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 I don't, that, that was, that's a nice rotational guy to get in there and to get into the rotation. But uh, even though they lost 
you know, Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat, I still like what they have up front. You know, I mean, and they may add, maybe they'll add an edge guy here in the portal. But, but I think that's more just, hey, let's supplement and just get even deeper. I still think they have uh, some really good, uh, really good players to work with at that, at that spot, too. We're talking to Sam Kahn of The uh, Athletic. And, Sam, I wanted to talk a little bit, too. You brought it up a little bit about the interior on the defensive line. You know, we've been waiting for Alfred Collins to pop. I mean, he's one of those first guys off the bus type of a- athletes. And then you also have the uh, Byron Murphy effect is somebody that we're, we're looking to see be very aggressive as well and possibly move up some draft charts by the end of the season. When you look at those two players and, and you brought up Tavondre Sweat and some of the other guys, do you think this is going to be a major part of the success and the push up the middle that Texas is going to need here this season? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You're, you're going to have to have uh, a lot of success and consistency there. And, and I think uh, Byron Murphy's a guy you mentioned. I mean, even when he was a freshman, you know, I talked to other coaches in the Big 12, and, and that was a guy right away that you saw other offensive coordinators identify as like, that guy's going to be a problem, you know, down the road. And and so he's got that kind of star potential. Al uh, Collins, you mentioned, he's been around. He's got a lot of snaps. Uh, and, and getting Broughton, uh, Vernon Broughton, obviously, Devondre Sweat, and now Phil Carter in there, having that rotation where you can get guys in and out and roll that line and not have guys playing 50, 60 snaps, that's what's going to help them uh, be good up front and be able to stop the run and be able to stay fresh. And that's really the the name of the game here, not just here in the Big 12, but moving forward when they go into the SEC, the best teams in that conference, those are the ones that are able to rotate defensive linemen year in and year out and, and play in and play out throughout a game. So, uh, it's going to be a critical part of this defensive success because you got to stop the run before you do anything else. Uh, no doubt about that. Hey, Sam, what are your thoughts about the uh, the one-year kind of 14-team uh, Big 12 this year? And give us some thoughts about your uh, Houston Cougars going into this new-look Big 12 and how do you expect them to fare? Yeah, I'm excited about this this year just because, you know, I grew up watching Southwest Conference football. Uh, that, that, was, that was the big deal when, when I was a kid. And with Houston coming in the league and five Texas schools in the Big 12 for one season, it, to me, is going to feel like a little mini Southwest Conference for a little while. Uh, and so I'm going to relish that. I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, there's going to be so many games within the state uh, that are going to be fun to watch. And there's going to be opportunities for fans to, to go to games that are, uh, you know, even, you know, reduce the amount of times you have to get on a plane or drive a road a long way. So that's a, that's a plus. Uh, as for Houston, I think, They've done a good job of, of stocking their roster with Big 12 caliber players in, in their starting lineup, but I think they're going to have a little bit of ways to go from a depth standpoint. The, the, the top third or so of that roster, I think, is probably Big 12 ready, but the bottom two-thirds of it probably still has a little bit of ways to go. And you'll see Dana Holgerson and, and that staff, they're going to hammer the portal in this spring window uh, pretty heavily. They, they've still got some guys to add. Uh, to help deepen that roster and get some more veteran guys with some power five experience in there. So I'll be fascinated to see how that goes. I think the schedule, when, I, when you talk about how will Houston fare, the schedule is tough. This is not, they're not playing uh, East Carolina. They're not playing Temple. They're not playing uh, Memphis anymore. They, they're replacing those games with TCU and Texas Tech and Kansas State and teams like that. And of course, Texas is going over to, to Houston for a road game in October. 
that's going to be, I think, a real wake-up call for this team. And, and how they fare this season, I think, is going to go a long way to tell us uh, how, how this program is building and how ready they truly are for this. Well, Sam, I'm glad you brought that up because now that we've talked about what the Big 12 looks like, you got 14 teams, there's a lot of expectations here on the 40 acres. As we talked about, Sark said this finally looks like his team. This is probably the most depth at almost every position that we've seen at the University of Texas in quite some time. Hell, I think it was last time was when Rod B, my co-host, was here where they had this much depth. I know when VY won the national championship, they were pretty deep as well. But you start looking at where he's at. The expectations is Big 12 championship game or bust. Um, do you feel the same way looking at everyone in the Big 12, but most importantly, the University of Texas? Yeah, I, I think anything short of them getting to the Big 12 championship game, I think would be a disappointment. Uh, this is this is a team and a conference that I think is wide open. You, you look at Kansas State, the conference champs, obviously they lost a lot. They lost their best player in, in Deuce Vaughn. They lost their quarterback as well. You, you see at uh, TCU, the team that went to the national championship game, lost a ton of production and uh, a lot of heart and soul guys. So that you think they're going to probably take a step back. Oklahoma obviously was down. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be a little bit better this year, but but who's to say? I, so I really don't look at anybody else in this conference as wow, that's a dominant team that's going to go out and win it. And so when you look at the roster talent that Texas has built over the last couple of years and what they look like now. There is no reason for, in my opinion, they shouldn't be in at and Stadium in December. So anything, anything less than that, I think, would be a disappointment. And I really do think this is a team that has a chance to win this conference. And who knows what happens beyond that. Obviously, some of that depends on the rest of the schedule. But, uh, but, but I think this is, this is a team that looks like, in my opinion, as we sit here in April, this should be a 10-win team. And this should be a team. This, we're looking, you remember that 2018 season when they – one ten went to the Big Twelve Championship game, won the Sugar Bowl. I think that's kind of the that's kind of the step you're looking to take as a program here is is get yourself into the Big Twelve title game, get to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's a really good step in year three for Steve Sarkeesian in that. I like that. I, I like that. Before we let you go, we have to ask you, you know, there's a lot of conversation about Bijan Robinson in the draft. You've got a chance to spend some time mm-hmm. around him. You got a chance to watch him over the last couple of years. Uh, if you're a GM and you you have that card, how early do you pull that card? <laughs> and obviously it depends on team needs, but if I need a running back, I wouldn't have a problem making that guy a top 10 pick. And, and I understand in the NFL these days, running backs' value is not what it used to be because they're not 25, 30 carry backs anymore like they were you know, 20, 30 years ago. But his pure ability and versatility – is off the charts. And you guys have seen him. Some of the catches he's made, they didn't throw it to him all the time. But when they did, I remember that catch over the middle he made earlier. Yep. This year. Oh, yeah. Yep. And gosh, think about, think about putting him in an offense that really accentuates that part of his ability combined with what he does between the tackles, what he does cutting and accelerating from those cuts. I mean, he's the total package. And then he checks every box off the field. Great guy. Great character guy, great guy in the community. I mean, it, he's a can't-miss prospect, in my opinion, both mm-hmm. physically and, and mentally and off the field. Uh, there's no reason, in my opinion, even, even with the running back value and what it is in the NFL, 
there's no reason he shouldn't be a first round pick, and, and I certainly don't think wouldn't be shocked to see him somebody take him in the top fifteen. Yeah, we've been saying that for quite some time, mm-hmm. and we believe that he is the he's that ultimate weapon, and you would never go wrong if you're going to pick. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, so man. everybody just is on pins and needles waiting for my man to get picked. Sam, we can't thank you enough. You need to go over and follow his stuff. Go to his Twitter, SK, excuse me, SKHAN Jr. on Twitter. Go to at Sam Khan on Twitter. He's doing great work over at The Athletic, and we will talk to you again once we get closer to the season, Sam. Hey, guys, thanks so much for having me. Y'all take care. Appreciate thanks, you so much. You're the man. Yeah, he, he, he knows it. He knows what he's talking about as far as what Bijan is. If I got that card, I'm going to rock it up there myself. Don't be afraid. Uh, should have asked him about French's Fried Chicken I uh, in H-Town. Yeah. In U of H. Well, the yeah. old one used to no. be right across the street from U of H. Yeah. But we've heard now. From from others that they may have moved. They had to move locations. They move. I don't know why they moved. That was a hot spot, man. Yeah, well, I'm sure it wasn't that far. Wasn't that far. Yeah, they, they probably upgraded. Probably they going up, oh, yeah, they probably going to upgrade a little bit. It's hard to upgrade from right across the street from U of H. Well, I'm talking, about, have, I'm talking about opening it up a little they bit. They need more space, more though. Space. I mean, basically, the, it was like a house. that they yeah, had. Yeah, It was exactly. a house yes, that had become was. like a fried chicken spot. Yeah. And they had the outside kind of thing. It stays, for those who don't know, stays open to like... Two in the morning on the on the weekends, no doubt. And people, man, that, the line is like around the corner to get some of the best fried chicken in America. Craig Way once after a late game, calling a late game, I forgot what what sport it was for Texas. He actually went to Frenchie's at like one in the morning, and ate at Frenchie's in Third Ward by himself. They know who Craig Way is. You know what I'm saying? No, what saying? I, I didn't say we knew what it was. He was wearing a suit. And I was like, they thought you were a fed. Craig. They thought <laughs> it's like, oh, ain't no way some random white dude just eating here at one in the morning by himself. He's a federal agent. Leave him alone, people. Don't mess. <laughs> that guy at all. Uh, no, nah, the fried chicken is damn good. All right, we come Love back. It. We'll get into uh, some uh, off the record here on the other side. Uh, we'll get into it. several topics. Actually, there was history being made this week uh, in the pop culture realm. We'll give you some of that. And also, we'll talk about the transfer portal. It giveth and it taketh away. Uh, we'll give you some of those numbers on the uh, transfer portal. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nine Horn. DD. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain man comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I heard about this, guys. Um, <laughs> Netflix has finally, after I don't know how long, they have finally decided that they are now officially a streaming service um, because they no longer, <laughs> no longer allow their customers and subscribers to use the DVD by mail business subscription you, that was still going on i'm not making it up that was still going on they act this it's official wall street journal they officially now in 2023 they've ended their dvd rental business they still had it going I, on I, I still man that. that was crazy but there was just one dude in the warehouse just like <laughs> oh, tom dude stop doing this why well, say that by the end of june 
uh, announced it would soon wind down the DVD by mail business that the company was built upon. You guys remember this? Did you guys have no. Netflix sent to the house? Yeah, I, I, I did. did not. So I had a roommate that had it. Okay, I did. Yeah, and I so did. we would get them all, and then maybe we still had copies after they left the house. But <laughs> oh man, I cannot believe this was still a thing. I no, really cannot I, believe this was still I know, a thing. I, I saw they were. I, Doing something to the red box down by where we live. Yeah, and it I might saw be time. And I, and I saw it. And I was like, you know, if you wanted to rob and just take every red box in the city, I don't think anyone would question it. <laughs> I don't yeah. think there'd be anybody. You could get away with every single red box, and it wouldn't be until someone came back to look for them. They'd be like, "Did we have a red box here?" I think they right. load up a truck because I just saw them like messing with it with a jacket. I was like, "Does anybody even know if they're allowed to do this?" No, I, I think, think they're just grabbing red boxes. I used to be a red box guy too, so I, I know. Obviously, I'm a little old school. I used to be a red box guy. My wife hated it. She'd be like, "Why the hell are you going to get a physical DVD when you? Because red box now allows you to stream it." There's no reason, even if you're a red box yeah. consumer, for you to go physically to the box. You can yeah. stream. They have a streaming service as well. Like, everybody's streaming. So there's no point in you actually going to get it. And, yeah, like a couple of years ago, I was still a red box guy. It was you, just wanted to, you just wanted to make sure every once in a while you get it, charged an extra $5 no, for being No, sometimes late. they would get a movie, like, before it came out on streaming or before it came out on cable, and I'd want to see it. I just like watching a lot of bad movies, so I was just yeah. into it. Yeah, it was COVID. We had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. I'd go to Redbox and go check out a movie. But Instead anyway. of just having regular Netflix, huh? <clears throat> yeah, well, I do have Netflix, too. Like I said, yeah. I, I watch a lot of bad TV. Okay. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Netflix, officially, if you are that last person, the last of the Mohicans uh, that's ordering uh, Netflix DVDs via mail, uh, that ship has now sailed. Mm. How, mm-hmm. how much longer until you can't buy? A DVD player. I don't know. It's like another ten years, fifteen years. Uh, I got one in my house because well, I no, no, yeah. I know, but you can't buy a VHS player no more. No, you have. Like, they don't make them anymore. You, you I, I would say if you go, you're right. They don't make them at some places though. You can like ask if they got like the dual, like the DVD slash yeah. combo uh, in the a VHS in the back, and sometimes they have them in the back. They have them in the back. There's just maybe. Not, but it's hard to find VHS players. No, so I'm like, and eventually that is going to be the way the DVD as well, and then we're all just going to have boxes and ca- cases of things we're just like oh yeah well you know if we if we get that one tv with it in there <laughs> no my my dad has a vhs player at the house and i've told him i say is it still working he's like yeah i was like keep it i i want to make sure like i have a, a vhs player because i still have old vhs's on my games you need yeah. to, you need to get them transfered over it's they hard. can create it's, 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 it's expensive or hard to do because i've done it with some because i have some and i've done it so i own like three vcrs but they're all kind of shady. Yeah. And you're like, you wish, wish you could buy a new one that would run smoother, but it's yes, harder to find a to new one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold Harsh on, probably can get it done because Harsh got I mean, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Harsh I mean, got them resources. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know some Harsh people, knows a guy. I know a Basically, guy. Harsh said he knows a guy. Because I'm like, hold up, man. Well, man said, I got three of them. Huh? Patrick said he got well, three of them. Well, he was trying yeah, to transfer. You're trying to go to Goodwill and go buy over, you go to Goodwill or whatever Ooh. and buy a VCR. To see if it works well enough, and you're transferring over because I got like VHSs I was transferring yeah. over. Yeah. yeah, you know where you need to go if you're looking for uh, d- different devices at Goodwills. Go to the GW. Oh yeah, uh, oh, oh, okay. the GW. Right down here, Westlake. Yeah, they they don't don't want you everybody to it go actually to the stands GW. for Goodwill, but they yeah. call it the GW. No, they oh, got of course, a, they got <laughs> Blu-ray players over there. You damn right. One little quick factoid before we move on here about Netflix. Remember, guys, in 2000, famously remember, 2000, Blockbuster, yes, that Blockbuster, had a chance to buy Netflix for $50 million. Uh, today, I believe it's, upward, it's worth upwards of $200 billion. Yeah. Yeah. They could have bought it for $50 million. 
million. Oh my Worth gosh. now about two hundred billion. Yeah. Oh, Come that's on. right. PS fives are, are DVD players. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There you go. There you go. That's right. I don't have a PS five. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will come back. We'll talk NBA playoffs review and preview when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie. One of four nine the horn.